Do you know what's in your tap water? And can we actually surf inside? Let's, Let's learn, learn a thing, thing or two. two. Welcome back to the Two Top Podcast. Welcome back, viewers. We are here to talk about things now. To learn. Surprise, surprise. If you listen to the last episode about the GPS, you've learned that this is part of a re-recorded series of episodes. I think it's going quite well, Thomas. What do you so, think? I, I almost feel like we should do an episode and then do it again because the second time through, we're like on top of it. It we gives us gonna... time to reflect on what we spoke about. And I also forget a lot of the facts, so it's pretty cool to come back to it and learn, learn a thing or two, always. Yeah. yeah, it is a little funny, though, because I also don't have my computer today, so it looks like I'm on my phone not doing work, but I promise I am. I just am bringing up my notes, because today is actually a water day. We are very water-centric. Before, the first time we recorded this, I didn't know how water-centric we would be. Now we do. But now we do. But it's you're going to learn something. It's very water-centric. But you We're know, wet today. Let's get started. So this is actually another Patreon-requested uh, topic by Dan Lance. He wanted to ask, what is in our water? Because you hear things about, they put the fluoride in the water in Parks and Rec. That's a joke. It's well, like, what is the fluoride? We don't even know what it is, but it's in the water. It is in the water. And let me tell you about what's going on. So- Let's, you know, let's just start with fluoride. What's in our water when it comes in regards to fluoride? Fluoride, straight fluoride can show up in our water, but it is not the fluoride we know and love from our dentist. Fluoride that ends up in our water is comes from a natural source that is naturally found in the earth through like rocks and groundwater. Now this fluoride in its pure form before it's been transferred into, I think it's fluor. Flor, flor, fluoride dioxide or something? It's... Fluoride dioxide. It's, um, look that up. Fluoride well, you look it up. Anyway, dioxide. but straight fluoride is actually... It's damaging to the teeth enamel. And instead of making your teeth stronger, it kind of has the reverse effect and makes it weaker and more uh, susceptible to holes. It's interesting. When I Google fluoride in water, everything is like... Top 10 reasons to oppose water fluoridation. Is fluoride in water um, safe? And then this is um, campaign for dental health. After seven decades of evidence, every major health organization agrees optimally fluoridated water protects your teeth without posing risk to your health. So it seems like it's a pretty polar reaction to fluoride in water. Yeah. So I was told it's not good. I was. Because it's not, it's not put in correctly. And I, I don't know. You can elaborate on that. Well, now that I'm back up to speed. Let's uh let's hit it with let's talk about what's in Philadelphia's tap water since we're in Philadelphia. Uh, do we want to know? Uh, I remember you telling me, and it and it was gross. So right? these are 2015 numbers here, and they go by uh, particles per billion or particles per million. PBB, PBB, and PBM. PBM, and Your contaminants that are detected above the health guideline, like too much, is we have. Um. We have chloride, yeah. which is harmful to your thyroid. We have cl chloroform, oh. which can give you cancer. Yeah. Uh, we have a lot of radioactive stuff, which is not good. Radioactive stuff in your water that you drink from your tap faucet. That's, yep. that's unsettling. That's, that's a bit strange, Thomas. And these come from uh, 
they come from city runoff yeah and uh treatments like to the, that they do to the water that gets stuck stuck in the water industry also leads like barium and radium that's where the radioactive stuff comes from yeah um but agriculture also puts like chlorate and nitrate into the water from like fertilization yeah 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 all that bad stuff so it's got to get in your water somehow water runs always you know into one place really and the best Relax. way we're, we're going to get into the best ways to filter it out but let's also hit on a big topic that is currently in the united states um the issue of lead in the water yeah lead pipes old pipes correct that's yes. a major cause of it lead paint coating lead things. paint there was a once upon a time we thought lead was great and we made a lot of things with the lead we made lead paint we made lead pipes but we uh, we found out that's pretty bad. That's pretty bad for your soul. Yeah, and not not just your soul, your livelihood. You can die. You can get cancer. Right? Is that? Yeah. Science has proven. <coughs> Got tickle in my throat. So there's lead in the water, and lead is not good. And let's talk about it real quick. So according to ninety um, percent of lead samples. Uh, in utilities, it's not that bad. You shouldn't have any more than 15 parts per billion. But, you know, it doesn't mean it's very good. The thing is, I'm talking 15 parts per billion, which is a very minuscule number. Flint, Michigan had a high amount, so high of an amount that 46% it the the blood of the people in Flint, Michigan had 46 more percent of blood lead contents than children in Detroit. That's awful. That means they're absorbing everything that's in the water. It's going into their bodies. They're pure bodies of, of children, you know, everything. And lead is not that bad. I mean, no, I lied. Lead is terrible. Lead is terrible, yeah. Lead but it's is not the worst thing in your water. No, it's not the no. It's uh, actually it might be the worst thing in your water. To be completely honest, lead does bad things to your soul and your blood, and it can um, it leads to deaths of very young children. Yeah. Um, it comes from through like when it's not breastfed. It's um like when it's mixed with the water. To, yeah. Like that's where an issue comes. And if it's undetected, and it, it's too late. Wow. So that's uh -oh. where it um it comes from, and ooh, I'm trying to find my fluoride facts, um, but there's ways to stop this, which I want to talk about after I get my fluoride speech done. Filtration, I think we talked about it in the last episode. There were different particle filtration, ionization. We've talked about all these concepts on the show. You know, HEPA filtration. I don't know if that applies to water. Does that apply to water at all? Kind of like a really fine micro particulate filters. Yeah. You know, let's go into it. Um, I found I found my fluoride facts. Uh, it's harmful to teeth, harmful to bones, and it can lead to bone cancer. That's right. I remember you yeah, telling me that. There okay. it is. Um, oh, here it is. Okay, so fluoride has been promoted as a chemical to reduce dental cavities, but that fluoride is actually a sodium fluoride. Sodium fluoride. Is what okay. is found in toothpaste and mouthwashes. Completely different than the fluoride in your in your water. Yeah. Similar well, in the fluoride aspect, but that's sodium fluoride. Because that's also used in a mechanical form of but 
Long-term ingested fluoride in water can lead to dental fluoriosis, which is the softening of the teeth. Okay. Yeah. And it can also, too much of it can lead to skeletal uh, fluorosis as well, which is the softening of bones, which is also not very good. Also not very good. Yeah, no. absolutely. It's terrible. And low doses can also alter the thyroid function and children's brain development. So fluoride is not good in the water wow. because... But we're all drinking it to some extent, right? Well, we're, we're, drinking a, we're drinking a lot of things in the water if you're taking straight tap water. But that leads me on to the term, the main, the main talk that I wanted to get into, which is filtration. Because what's important is filtering water so you don't get fluoride, lead, just terrible stuff. Terrible thing. Radiation. We're not talking just Brita filters, right? We're going to go through the whole thing. So let's start, you know, let's start with the Brita filter. So what a Brita filter is, in a sense, it's a carbon filter. So yeah, what happens carbon. is water passes through very, very fine meshes of carbon and like whole carbon stacks. And what happens is these carbon stacks filter out large particulates and smaller, more microbial particulates and it's a very fine you get nice water out of the other you end. do yeah. because carbon also has since it's pure carbon it also has uh bonding like atomic bonding that it can like separate some stuff It'll out of the water as well yeah it, yeah so so that's kind of a two-part you have the actual mesh that that the water travels through to separate solid particulate and then you have the carbon to chemically bond to bad particles in the water and then the more a more fresh not a perfectly fresh water filters out but a more fresh water filters out that's easily accessible right yeah filters. it, it is have that but let's go into something a little bit more hardcore so say you have like hardcore say you have like well water and you you're having to filter a bunch of water this is when you use the idea of reverse osmosis oh classic term that people love throwing around no one really understands reverse osmosis but you're going to use it with your water right yeah, so reverse osmosis is an even more like fine process of transfer like getting clean water because the way I don't know if you, I have to hit you with some science class here but uh, osmosis is when water moves from an area well pretty much when water moves from an area with no water to an area with like the density of water it moves to less dense water balances out osmosis yeah. and but this is reverse it separates there's a separation yes so the water moves the bad water is then the bad osmosis too is also a natural process but it moves just the water molecules move through this system through this osmosis so you're not getting any of the particulate because on, the only molecules moving through this system through osmosis is water because only water moves through osmosis. I looked it up. You explained it perfectly. These are just bigger words. It says a process by which a solvent passes through a porous membrane in the direction opposite to that for natural osmosis, osmosis which is uh, hydrostatic pressure, which is that um, the, the level being balanced out by water going to water. It goes to less dense water more dense goes to less dense, it, it tries to equal out. That's hydrostatic pressure, but in this case, it's doing the opposite of it, it's separating. Yes. So there's also um, 
there's other ways to do stuff to your water. I mean, you can use you can use simple simple filters like um UV light. I think yeah. you mentioned at so one point. A little bit more complex is the concept of a UV light filter. Yeah. And what a UV light filter does is so like everything has a pro and con. And um so you have your Brita filter which it like it filters a lot of stuff. It gets rid of all the big stuff in it. Yeah. Um, your reverse osmosis, it does it all. But what about like little bacteria and like the little little stuff that is, it's not really a chemical, but it's a microorganism living it's a germ. in the water. Yeah. 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 yeah like if you get the stream water, you might be able to clear out a lot of the physical items, but it'll look like clear water, but on the microscopic level, there might still be stuff in there. Yeah. So that's when you get into the concept of UV light. UV light is used to um, kill microorganisms, and through that, it purifies the system in that regard. So you can remove all the microorganisms that could be viruses that can be found in the water, or yeah. bacterium, or fungi that could be, or parasites even that are flowing around in that water. Hmm. And that sometimes is just as just as safe. But it's a combination of all these things that major water treatment plants that where we get our fresh water that they go through that whole process for us yeah but some of it still gets in our tap water through pipes i mean you may have a great filtration system but if it goes through lead pipes it gets to your house it's not the cleanest water anymore yeah so there's a lot you can do to keep clean water um it's suggested that you filter your tap water or have some filter system, whether you get your water from the fridge or through the tap, it's better to make sure that something does filter through it. Still, I drink from the tap water sometimes. I always drink from the tap water. I don't drink from Philly tap water though. No, we have a Brita filter. Something about picture. something about Philly tap water is just... I know you mentioned in the last episode, which since I have thought about, the hot water smells. The hot water in Philly does smell. Yeah. And I don't know why. And I've tried to do like some research, but I really... Talking I, about fluoride with my dad, he said when he went to California back in the whatever, 60s, he said when he got there, the water smelled like eggs. Super, a lot of sulfur in the water. And it was obvious. People get used to it, I guess, over time. But when you sense things in water, they can smell. You know, always sniffing your water isn't a, isn't a crazy thing to see what's in it. No, you and know, um, if you like, smell something funky, then that's a good reason to question it. And like, even yeah. though we try to pretend that all water tastes the same, all water is not made equal. There is true. There Very is true. water that you will you will taste. Like I could tell, we have a like a breaded filter, and I could tell when the filter was done. Because we should do a podcast test on people who can tell filtered water, unfiltered water. I same temperature water. We'll use a thermometer. It'll be precise. A and B. I think I'd, I think I think I could pass that test. We're gonna but put we'll you try to test. We'll do I it. absolutely we'll do think it. we should do that. Just get like four test subjects. I think I could get it just based off smell. Yeah. Okay. You're okay. The rules can be you're allowed to smell it, then you taste it. That's it. It's like a nice wine tasting, but with the fresh, fresh and tap water. Yeah, but hey, we'll do it in wine glasses. <laughs> that's some water for you. Um, but let's move on. Let's keep this rolling. Keep this ball rolling. And as I said, today's water themed, so we're gonna get uh, a little wet and wild. It sounds like. So what's we like water and water is fun. But 
I personally, I don't do as much in the water as my good friend right here, Matt Berg. I love surfing. I love surfing. Surfing in water is great. Take you back to the year 1700, Thomas. What are they doing? The Polynesians are harnessing energy of waves to ride them. Why? Pure enjoyment. Why would you not do that? There was no reason behind it. They were just like, wow, energy is in nature. Nature is energy. We can harness it. We can ride it. Flash forward to to today, I don't even have to go in the ocean to surf if I don't want to anymore, Thomas. I can go in a pool. We can harness wave energy within a pool. Today we're talking about wave pools. Have you ever been in a wave pool? I have been in a wave pool. I've been in a wave cool, pool right? at like a water park once. It's, um, I can't say it's like the beach. No, it's different. But it's, it's still a good time. We're going to talk about why it's a little different, but it's a good time. You feel the energy. It's harnessed in a couple different ways, which I want to get into. So in recent years, it seems there has been an influx of wave pools. I'm talking pools specifically designed to perfectly imitate the shape of a, of a perfect surfing wave. So we're, we're not in that hollow almond shaped barreled wave. So we're not talking like your wave pool at Dorney, Dorney Park. We're talking. No, your... no, we're talking very specific engineered pools for specific wave shape, wave form, long duration. The whole gamut. We're there. So what encouraged the development of these crazy wave pools for surfing? So yeah, there might be too many people surfing in the ocean. If you go to California, you look out over the ocean, hundreds of surfers. There's like 20 people riding the same wave. That's not cool. You want your own wave to yourself. People with money were like, okay, we're going to get together. We're going to engineer these pools inland, indoors, climate controlled, perfect temperature, perfect conditions guaranteed every time we're going to have surfing in these controlled areas, which is really cool. So what influenced that is the inconsistency of the ocean. The ocean is not consistent at all. What are some factors? We have wind, we have swell direction, we have swell period, we have swell height. Tides. Tides, absolutely. The moon phase affecting the tides. The reefs as well, right? The reefs, the bottom, the sand bottom, reef bottom, rock bottom. There's a lot of things that go into poetic. A lot of things into a natural wave. Well, if we can get all the best aspects of that and put it into one kind of cohesive technology, that's when we get the best wave pools. So before we get into the modern wave pools, I want to go back to the 19th century for the very first wave pool. It was a wave pool built by Ludwig II of Bavaria, electrified a lake to create waves. It shocked the ocean. Waves. Not waves that we picture, but it was a wave pool. Technically... You not, couldn't go in the wave pool. I don't think it's best you. to go in the wave pool, no. In 1927, in Budapest, Hungary, the Gellert Baths was featured in a Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer documentary, and it featured a wave pool. Um, it was one of the main tourist attractions for this kind of bathhouses. In 1929, a path pictorial, there's a film called Indoor Surfing. Frolicking um, people are presented surfing these little waves inside in Germany. And then it started working its way over to the United States. But before the United States, I'm sorry, I skipped London. 1939, public swimming pool in Wembley, London, is equipped with machines that create wavelets to approximate the soothing ebb and flow of the ocean. Okay. Not necessarily crashing waves, yeah. but kind of rocking. It's a wave pool. Nonetheless, yeah, energy is transferring through the water, thus waves. Move up. We're going to get to the United States. Um, in 1969, um, I'm sorry, before that, 1940, the Palisades Amusement Park located um, on the Hudson River Palisades across from New York City installed a wave pool. Um, it was 
a wave pool created by a giant waterfall crashing into the bottom. And the way they had the bottom set, it would create waves after the waterfall. Pretty that's interesting, a, right? Yeah. So that's 1940. Flash forward 1969, people started developing technology specific for surfing. Tempe, Arizona at the Big Surf Water Park. Um, Alabama had one also. And in 1982, the Bolingbroke Aquatic Center in Bolingbroke, Illinois had one. So in the Midwest, pretty weird. They're bringing the ocean to the Midwest where they don't have an ocean. Yeah, they have the Great Lakes, which have waves. Yeah. But no, inland Midwest, they're making wave pools. Okay. Flash forward to 2018, present day. Kelly Slater, one of the most famous surfers, most successful surfers in, in history, has the money. He developed the Kelly Slater wave pool. It is a beautiful structure. And I want to show you a video right now. We're gonna link we're gonna link this video um, in the description because people need to see it. Let's see if I can get a hit here. Looks like just a long 300 yard. There it is. What powers this wave pool is a train that runs on a train line that pushes water with a with a hydrofoil that creates that perfect wave shape but here's the thing it's not just that wave shape the whole way through because the pool is so long it's like 300 yards long it's really really long you have to take like a golf cart to one end of it because you can't really walk yeah it's it. like three football fields worth. three football fields the bottom changes every so many yards they change it like literally sand parts, there's rock parts. And yeah, it moves like the ocean erodes parts of water, but they maintain it because it's in a controlled environment. Right. It's pretty crazy because like the, the wave is bigger at one point and then it comes down, but it gets more steep and hollow. It's such an innovative technology. The scientist behind it actually was studying um, engineering at um, University of Southern California. And he was like, well, no scientist wants to get into studying waves, but he was presented with this idea by Kelly Slater to create this perfect wave. And they're like, okay, I guess we'll do it because there's money in it. It can possibly be a an attraction to surfers to pay money to do these, like kind of a resort in a yeah. way. And that's what Kelly Slater essentially opened, a resort with a perfect wave. It's pretty expensive and not as accessible now. But these scientists had so much fun designing it. It's a 100-ton hydrofoil covered by tarps that runs along a fence. It's like a locomotive train that they built. It's pulled by cables, which is spun out of two winch drums on either side of the lagoon. And um, the scientist Finchman, he calls the housing for these winch drums the Twin Towers as they pull it all the way down. And it's pulled by an electric motor, giant electric motor. So it's pretty efficient, pulls a lot of water. And then I want to get into another wave pool concept. I showed you this video before. You're looking at this giant drum in the center of a giant lake that creates that oscillating flow ebb and flow there's waves on every side of it kind and of. You, can and, see, you can see the different types of waves are formed absolutely there's different types based on the bottom based on the space that's a rectangular pool but it goes in a circular motion outwards changes the effect of the waves and i want to link that video below also because it's, it's something everybody should check out because that's literally harnessing the power of the ocean and putting it easily accessible into the hands of people who want to surf. Think about it. I like to go surfing in the winter because the waves are perfect. The hurricane season brings these big waves. The water is like just above 30 degrees. It's like frigid. Sometimes there's like ice chunks in the water. Yeah, it's some fun. Ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I strap on a rubber suit to go out that's like five inches thick, you know, just to survive out there and have fun. If we can have perfect waves every time inside in heated conditions, why would I go in the ocean anymore? Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty good scenario, and you get to have the joys 
of a perfect ride every time. Every single time. And that can't just be for surfing. It could be for, um, you know, they could test. They do a lot of water testing, you know, in wave pools for boats, structural damage, bridges. They do all that in these controlled environments. Why can't recreational uses be used out of this, you know? It's, yeah. I mean, like, the more we develop in science, the the reasons to apply them to modern day, it's it doesn't make sense to almost not do it. Yeah, the technology is there. I mean, why not? It, it's, it reached the point of why can't we just experiment with things like this for just fun? And, I mean, we they've learned so much, too, like this process. Yeah, within the 10 years of development of uh, specifically the Kelly Slater Wave Pool, the technology has greatly enhanced from when they started. And people have realized it's an actual real thing that's accessible. So other people are designing all around the world. So this is going to be common. So I feel like I predict there's going to be a split. Not as many people are going to be surfing in the ocean because they can be surfing inland. There's going to be surf clubs, you know, big warehouses that they have wave pools. It's crazy. It's really weird. But I think you're right. I think that is the future that will be coming our way. It's nice that we have both options because that nature, something about the Polynesians once did it, harnessing nature to ride it just for fun, recreational use. That's something crazy that nature does we have can you, do it we can imitate it have you ever gone surfing out out there california hawaii california nothing like it ocean's completely different no matter where you go you feel differences though the ocean in california it's because the bottom is so it's so deep and then it ramps up right against the coast because the plates the tectonic plates shift there yeah it's really steep whereas the east coast is like a really gradual incline up until the coast up until sea level how deep are those pools by the way are we talking no like- they're not deep at all they're like knee deep at some points so i guess you don't because know- the sh- shallower the water the more subtle changes make bigger differences with the wave right so the bottom you know if they just add like a ridge with a sandbar right there it's gonna affect it if it's only a foot deep but if it's like eight feet deep it doesn't affect it as nearly as much i think the deepest part of the kelly cider pool is like nine feet i saw and then it gets shallower as you go just kind of like a normal ocean yeah pretty normal pool but that that makes sense i think that's awesome i i should go surfing sometime i guess you should absolutely feel the power go let's go to dory park this summer or something i don't know go to a wave go to a wave pool there i showed you a video last episode this video is crazy it's people i don't know whether it's in china or anywhere everyone's wearing matching outfits which is really funny and a giant wave comes do you remember that video i showed you and it just demolishes everyone I mean, if you YouTube wave pool, the first video that comes up is like 11 of the largest wave pools. The video or the, the picture is insane of, of people. It's Look at that picture. Look how big that wave is. Yeah. See, like I wish those are like the waves that you see in your average wave pool. But normally you just get a little ebb and flow. It's ebb more of flow. the ebb and flow. Yeah. yeah. It's just, I mean, at any, at any extent, it's a wave. You know? It's a lot of work hanging out in those wave pools. Trying to stay afloat in non-stagnant water. It's kind of peaceful to watch these wave pools work. It's just so unnatural yet so natural. It's it's such a weird phenomenon. Some summer bat. That's a good one. That looks like a good one. Yeah, it's a, it produces a pretty. Anything good size that wave. gets like the, what that white head, right? Yeah. Anything that gets that white water breaking on top. But normally, normally you go to places and you don't you don't get to see that. Look at that! Just build. It's crazy. Energy is transferring through the water. That's crazy. I wonder. I don't if the, know. I encourage everyone to watch wave pool videos. Look how many people are in that. Oh, that's a big wave. Look how many people there are. 
<laughs> Look at that energy, though. They all got thrown backwards. Yeah. So it makes you, it makes you think. I wonder what's in that water. I bet it's. Oh yeah, in a public swimming pool. Oh no way. That, that you're looking at other factors. I'd rather too, be drinking right? tap water in that regard. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna do that water test. I think that would be. Really we will. Fun. We definitely will. Yeah. We have the time because I mean, as you guys might know, we're um we're students. We have Try, trying to be. We're trying. That's why there wasn't an episode last week because we were trying to be students. Trying to pass. Yeah. I think I did a pretty good job. But that should that's like some post show stuff. Yeah. Um <laughs> But we have show. stuff coming your way. We're about to um have a period of intense podcast making. But until then, we'll see you guys next time. See ya. This was Two Top, an independently created and run podcast created by Thomas Lance and Matt Berg. Music this episode comes from Lee Rosevere. For more info about this week's episode, visit us at twotoppodcast.com. For general inquiries and feedback, send us an email at twotoppodcast at gmail.com. See you next week for another Two Topics.